0: You know, the culture is actually damn good.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
2: Hey, where y'all This is the Square. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. North of South America, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It hey, was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey. 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 How you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right
3: now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have
2: to be crazy today?
3: Now get me, savior. Sportsjourney.com radio network is on the air. Happy hump day as we put this one to a digital tape. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast, and we are delighted that you're with us. Lots of stuff going on. Having a good Super Bowl week? Yeah, it just doesn't seem the same this year, does it? I mean, we're all going to enjoy the game, but AJ, you know, Uh, tons of stuff to talk about today. Um, We will start going through uh, the Washington football team's hot stove league because tons and tons of rumors are swirling about vis-a-vis the quarterback race and who is going to be the QB1 for next year and so we got a couple of thoughts on that but as always we got to start with the Red Rockers who are off today getting ready to head up to New York to take on the Rangers tomorrow. All good things, of course, coming to an end, including the cap streak of nine straight games to start the season, getting at least a point. That by the wayside after the 5-3 loss Monday night to the Bruins. Capitals right now are in second place technically in the Mass Mutual East Division. They are tied points-wise with Philadelphia, each with 15. Philly, of course, one more win. Two teams this weekend will play games at Capital One Arena. So that's going to be huge, huge early season matchup there. It will be interesting to see if and when Greg Anderson gets a start in goal. Uh, Vidic Vanacek, for obvious reasons, has taken every start since Ilya Samsonov went out. He was also named the rookie of the month for the first month of the season. So you got to like that. Definitely got to like that. And who knows, maybe we got a good type of goalie controversy coming up when Samsonov gets back. Samsonov still in COVID protocol as of this taping, as is Evgeny Kuznetsov. Peter Laviolette saying after practice that both Justin Schultz and Connor Sherry are day-to-day. Speaking of Laviolette and practice, time for us to go behind the glass and get your exclusive locker room access with the boys. And as always, our exclusive locker room access... Brought to you by One Life Fitness. Go to OneLifeFitness.com. You can download a free day pass uh, that will get you in. You can use all of the facilities so you can see just how great they are. One Life Fitness locations throughout Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. OneLifeFitness.com. All right. Let us start with Peter Laviolette, the guy who has guided this team to this very, very strong start. And first thing we asked him after practice today uh, was, you know, how things are going here early on in the season, at least his impressions of it, because God knows it's been interesting.
0: And yeah, we talked we talk about all those things on a regular basis. The game for me is not where I want it to be yet. Um, not where the, the players want it to be. Um, there's there are good, you're right. I think the, you know, the, the 60 minutes is what you're after. It's what we're after. Um, you know, the first period, I thought we played really well, you know, compared to the first period against the Bruins the other night. And the second period was tight. I think it was two, two chances each on the power play two chances, each even strength. The period that we talked about today was the third period, like you mentioned and being up and you, know, you can't, you can't just sit there and take punches. You've got to punch back. And so, um, there were some, there were some fluky things that happened on a couple of goals, but the fact that we were in the defensive end that much, and we were taking heat, and we weren't in the offensive zone and given heat, um, you're gonna you're gonna roll the dice. And so, um, you know, that was an opportunity to talk today and to teach and to show some things defensively where we could have been better, and and try to learn from it and move forward. But with regard to the game, you're right. There, you know, we're still there's there's things that are popping up every game and we work on them and, and try to get better practice time has been limited because of the injuries and the way we've had to use the lineup but you know we have a practice today we'll have a good practice tomorrow we'll head to new york it it, it is what it is what it is this is the hand that we're dealt right now you know the uh, losing the guys uh, for 10 days 14 days and and even the even the repercussions from that of, of not being able to be on the ice and practice is is not ideal for a, a lineup ideal for our team or ideal for their game um the injuries that have happened of you know that uh, i guess the centerman being out of two centermen being out of the lineup like but it is what it is and uh, we've got to we've got to win games. We've got to show up and compete and get the job done. And a lot of guys have stepped up and played really well, and we have been able to get points. And so there's a there's a mix of the questions that have been asked today, where it's not the game's not where we want it to be. Um, there are things that we're doing well. There are lapses. There are things that we aren't doing well, and things that we can get better at. And regardless of the lineup. Um, we're going to have to do those things because that changes on a daily basis. So um, we got, you know, we got to continue to teach and work on things. And um, it's, it's, uh, there's some, you know, there's a lot of time from now to the end of the year where you need to have things dialed in and be ready and on point. And even more to the point of what you're saying, the guys out of the lineup, it's going to be a, a road back for them to get up to speed and onto page on the, some of the improvements that we have made and some of the good things that we have made, or maybe some of the habits that were old that we're, we're we're trying to get away from because it's a different system or a different style. Um, There's still going to be a lot of work to do with regard to that.
3: It'd be easy for me to say, well, I I like Peter Laviolette's, you know, approach to the start of the season. That's easy to throw your support behind it because of the fact that, well, Hey, they've gotten, points in nine out of their first 10 games. So let me put it like this. Instead, I would say that it's worked. What LaViolette is doing has worked. I mean, it would be very easy just to say, hey, look, you're not going undefeated in a hockey season. That's not going to happen. It was, it was a loss. Eh, you just kind of move on with it. He's identified areas where this team, yes, needs to improve in order to avoid long-term problems this year obviously you got two straight games where you gave up a three goal lead in the third period that is potentially a problem go ahead and nip that in the bud as well as playing more consistently throughout the game I mean you know one of the overriding themes we have seen so far this year in addition to the clutch play is that capsule have a good period then a bad period then a good period then a bad period so he's keeping his foot on the gas and he's saying, yeah, look, fellas, we've, we have gotten off to a good start, no doubt about it. This is a good team that can go deep in the playoffs if we tighten up where we need to tighten up. Uh, and T.J. Oshie, who we also talked to, is a, it seems to agree with LaViolette. Obviously, you know, T.J. playing – both wing and now with the injuries, having to uh, having to play some center as well, and he's done a, a pretty good job on it. So one of the things we asked TJ, where does he see the team after the first 10 games of the season? Yeah, you know, new
1: systems. I think we're doing a pretty good job adjusting. Uh, there's still some adjustments. Penalties are hurting us. Um, and, uh, you know, just some, some miscues in, in the D zone. But other than that, we're doing pretty good.
3: As far as the overall coaching change, Osh says he is a fan of what Laviolette's been preaching.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, I've been through five or six of these, I think. Um, and uh, this one's been been going great. I think uh, I think Lavi's very good at being honest about what he expects on the ice, how he wants it to happen. He's very um, upfront just about uh, our video meetings and, why we're seeing certain clips and why not, and um, makes it very easy to understand what is going to bring us success. Uh, we had a lot of guys that, uh, you know, or everyone already believes in it, and we we see it on the ice. Uh, it just comes down to the to the boys, I think, uh, you know, sticking with it for a full 60, and uh, I think we'll start having some pretty good games. But so far, it's been great. Um, there's been some new things that that I've never learned before, and systematically on how to play, even after you know 12 something seasons. So um it's been, uh, you know, it's been an exciting start.
3: Well, let's just hope they can keep it going. Also talked to Tom Wilson after practice. One of the things that the Bruins said after Monday night's game was that for them, the, the turning point was that fight in the third period. And it was very interesting to hear Tom's take on that. Little, you know, circumspect uh, looking back on it. says maybe maybe not quite the right move.
4: Yeah. Uh, you know what? At that point in the game, uh, I had a bit of a feeling that they were starting to to come with momentum. Yes, it was a it was a we still had a one goal lead. Um, at that point, I could feel like we were, you know, maybe on our heels a little more than we should have been. And you know, uh, in the back of my head, I'm thinking that might, um, you know, create some energy. I think hindsight, obviously it's a, a one goal game and I would like to be on the ice for those minutes. I'd like to be helping the the team with energy on the ice, hitting and skating and not necessarily sitting in the box. So I think it was a bit of a waste. It was a, it was a short fight. They obviously went out and scored a couple goals. So, uh, I think I, I gotta be probably a little bit smarter. Um, you know, that's, uh, Probably something that he was looking to to do. Um, that being said, it's it's a hockey fight. It is still hockey. Um, it's great to have guys around the league, you know, stepping up and and uh, still doing that. And, um, you know, I guess next time we'll just be a little bit smarter with it.
3: And uh, un- uneasy lies the head that wears the crown. You got to love Willie. Tom Wilson is the kind of a guy, if he's on the other team, you hate him. And if he's on your team, you absolutely love him. Because, hey, let's face it, he can hit, he can fight, and he can score. What more can you want in a forward? Also asked Tom where he thought the team was at this point, and kind of like everybody else, good things to start and things that they need to work on.
4: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the record's pretty good. I think there's definitely room to improve areas and continue to play better. I think there's been uh, some ups and downs already, and that's probably going to be a theme for the season, um you know, with the whole COVID protocol, we've had that and I think you know, to say that we're going to be out of the woods all of a sudden isn't the case. So just to have guys continuing to step up and do their job and pick up some slack, uh, it's been great to see so far and we got to keep that going.
3: All right, time to get out to Ashburn. By the way, we'll have some Super Bowl stuff later in the week, hey. And this, kind of, this is the beauty of this kind of a format is you can kind of do whatever it is that you want. So more quarterback news, kind of making the rounds in the chattering class. Now that Matthew Stafford has been moved, now the attention turns to Derek Carr. That's the latest one that has some links to Ashburn. So what I thought, of, what I wanted to do today, let's go through some of the options that are on the board for Washington. And I got to tell you, there are some pretty good ones, including one that a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, "Not, nah, you're crazy. But when you look at it more and more, kind of makes sense. Now, earlier today, sphere lit up with Derek Carr involved in a possible three-way trade between the Raiders, Texans, and Washington. And through that, the uh, Texans would wind up sending Deshaun Watson to Las Vegas, so the story goes. Uh, Washington would send two first-round picks to Las Vegas. They would flip those for uh, you know for Deshaun Watson. Um, and I don't put a lot of stock into that. Number one, two first-round picks uh, to Vegas is just way too high a price. I'm like you know yeah come on that's you know that and you got to remember that's the one thing about Twitter is that. Um, People, you know, sarcasm does not translate on the page. Uh, I mean, yes, hey, Las Vegas could absolutely, the Raiders could absolutely uh, call up Ron Rivera or Martin Mayhew now, I guess, and say, okay, hey, here's what we got. How about two first-round picks? We'll give you Derek Carr. Yeah, they can ask for that. I just think it'll be a hard no. Now, that's not to say that there isn't some value in Derek Carr, because there is. Just take a look at his stats last year. 4,103 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Completion percentage is 67.3%. Those are better numbers than Matthew Stafford, and he's three years younger. Derek Carr's just about to turn 30. There's room to negotiate there if you want to negotiate is he worth a first round pick this year? Maybe. Depends what else they would want. I wouldn't mind. I would love it if say they could send a second, you know, their second this year and a third next year or two thirds this year and a second next year, something like that. Hey, you know, that's fine. But and a first-round pick I think I would like. I think I, I wouldn't mind it, although I think there are better options out there. And one of those options, and by the way, for those of you who follow our good friend Mark Bullock um, online, Mark had a breakdown of this guy who he likes, and I do too, and that's Marcus Mariota. Yeah, Marcus Mariota. Ironically, he is David Carr's backup, and he is obviously going to be cheaper, provided you know the Raiders want to trade him. And I would think you could probably, they probably would. I, I believe he's on the last year of his deal. Now, I know Mariota is thought of as somewhat of a bust, but was he really? I and mean, go back and look at 2015 was his rookie year. Tennessee wasn't very good, and they threw him to the Wolves. So let's throw out 2015, 2016, 17, and 18. Guy's got some experience. Game slows down. What happened? Well, Tennessee went 9-7 and seven all three of those years. 9-7, and 9-7, 9-7. Made the playoffs as a wildcard team in 2017. And you say, oh, well, you know, that's just barely okay. Uh, you want to compare that to some of the things Washington's had to work with? That quarterback? Hmm? I mean, really, seriously, right now, would you take three straight 9 and 7 seasons one of them being a playoff year you got to remember where this team is at and that's been the problem really for about 20 years now is this organization thinks it's better than it is now things are obviously better than they were the day before Ron Rivera got hired no doubt about that over the course of one offseason Rivera has transformed this organization into one that's on the come. I mean, nobody wanted to come here last off season. Now I think, I think free agents are going to give it a second look. I really do. You've got an elite defensive line. You've got some intriguing pieces on offense, weapons wise. You need to. You need more. But you got three intriguing playmakers in Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, and Logan Thomas. You need more. And if, say, an Allen Robinson or another one of the top flight free agent wide receivers winds up signing in Washington this offseason, who knows? Also, you got to remember getting back to Mariota, Titans offense was not exactly the greatest show in turf, on, on turf back then. The talent around so and it, it it begs the chicken and the egg question that you have with every quarterback is it the quarterback or is it the talent around the quarterback i mean Mariota, for what he had had completion percentages of 61 62 and 68 percent what happens if you give him a decent offensive line what happens if you give him mclaurin and gibson and thomas and some free agent wide receivers who knows however if the price is right I think it's an option that you have to look at. And then there is one that, to me, is becoming uh, more intriguing every day, as well as it is, as you can hear from the excitement in the background from the dogs. Justin Fields of Ohio State. Mm -hmm. He is not Dwayne Haskins 2.0. He's a lot more mobile, and that makes him a lot more valuable in today's NFL. Fifteen rushing touchdowns in 22 games over two seasons. Two seasons as the starting quarterback. He's got college experience, something Dwayne Haskins didn't have. So, do you move up to get him? Maybe you do. Is it worth giving up two firsts and uh, say a second or a third in 2022? Yeah, I think it might. Be. I think it might be. Again, a good contract. Obviously, a rookie contract. You don't, and unlike with Haskins, he doesn't have to get thrown into the mix. You don't have to throw him to the Wolves right away. Sit and learn behind Alex if he comes back, Heineke, Allen, whomever. This team is ready to compete for the division again next year, at least for the division, which of course is shaping up to be a grease fire again. Dallas is a mess, it's always going to be. The Giants apparently have concerns about Danny Dimes now, and I think we all saw the press conference with the Eagles' new head coach, and that's just gonna be a disaster. So it's a situation, again, it goes back to that chicken or the egg thing. If you surround, you know, if you surround a quarterback with talent, how much of a difference does that make? Yeah, there are some transformative figures out there, like Deshaun Watson. But the talent level between quarterbacks in the NFL is razor thin. And yeah, you know, that talent surrounding some guys is the difference between being a bona fide QB one and being a bust. Yeah, Tom Brady is the GOAT. But the supporting cast behind Brady, this first three Super Bowls, it's pretty good, we've got them. I'm just saying, it'll be interesting to see. But more and more, I'm thinking trading for uh, I'm thinking trading up for Justin Fields it might not be ooh, the worst thing in the world. Alright, making the clock on the wall so we gotta get out of here. Uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow. A little Super Bowl stuff, and who knows what else. Remember, white man looks better if you're on your bike tonight as always to wear white.
2: So many a man, so Washed his hands the seal his face Pleased to meet you Hope you guess my